We live in a world that values winners, not losers, successes, not failures. And don't even talk to me about faithfulness. Plain old faithfulness is underrated on earth. But in heaven, it's valued higher than anything else. God has given each of us time, talents, and treasure. One day he will ask us what we did with all that he entrusted to us. He won't ask us how successful we were. He won't calculate our wins and losses. He wants to know one thing and one thing only. Were we faithful with what he gave us? Some will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. Will you? I'm Ron Jones. Something good happens right now. What does it mean to be faithful? Find out next on this Wednesday edition of Something Good. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by for today's teaching from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Today, Ron explores one of the most well-known parables of Jesus. It's about stewardship, money management, but most of all, it's about being faithful in all things, just as God is always faithful to us. Today's message is straight ahead. Stick around if you can or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Parables of Jesus. Here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, Faithful to the End. Well, we've been working our way through a section of scripture found in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. If you've been with us over these weeks, you know this is um, traditionally known as the Olivet Discourse. This conversation that Jesus had with four of his disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, uh, took place in the early part of the week leading up to his crucifixion and resurrection. Uh, The Bible tells us that every night during that final week, Leading up to the crucifixion, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, and on one of those occasions, his disciples asked him questions about the end of the age. And uh, we've we've looked at uh, some of the specific signs of the times in chapter 24, uh, general signs, specific signs. We've talked about um, what Jesus says about the day that he will return, uh, what angels wish they knew we talked about, and so forth. And then we, we made the transition from chapter 24 to chapter 25. And as is often the case with Jesus, who is a master teacher, he's also a master storyteller. And he told two stories that relate to the end of the age. We looked at one of them last week. It was, uh, at least in my Bible, called the parable of the ten virgins, or the ten bridesmaids, we might say. And uh, then following that is the story or the parable we want to look at today. It's called the parable of the talents. So you have two stories that Jesus told as it relates to the end of the age, by the way, two of his 38 stories or parables that are recorded for us in the Gospels, okay? And it's important for us to understand the context in which he told these stories because it'll bring some new meaning to maybe a familiar story today. But um, he told this story, these two stories, to answer two questions. Last week, the question was, are you ready 
He not only said, I will come, but from the analogy of the wedding and the bridal party and all that that we unpacked last week, we now know that He must come, that He is our heavenly groom who must return for His bride, uh, the church. This week, though, the question is this, when He comes, will you be found faithful at His coming? And to raise that question, as only Jesus can do by the telling of a story, he says this beginning in verse 14. You follow along as I read. For it, that is the kingdom of God, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much, enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents, for to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, what a story. The parable of the talents as it is known. Now the first thing we have to do is define a talent because we may think of this in different terms than what Jesus intended. We, we think of a talent as a skill or an ability. You might have a talent in music or art, or you might have a, uh, an athletic talent. That's not what this is about. In this context, 2,000 years ago, a talent was a large sum of money, okay? And I suppose we can stretch the application of this into those three categories that we often talk about when we talk about the stewardship of our life in terms of time and talent, where we mean a skill or an ability, and treasure. But I don't want to do that this morning, because I think that goes beyond 
the intention of the text and beyond what Jesus is talking about. He is specifically and directly talking about money and our management of it. And and the question that comes to my mind is this, what does any of this have to do with the second coming of Jesus Christ and the end of the age? Why would Jesus take the time to talk about something as mundane as money when the disciples had questions about the end of the age? Uh, That's what's going to become increasingly more interesting as we unpack it. I'll just say it this way. From a big picture standpoint, part of what Jesus is saying is every financial decision is a spiritual decision, and it's also an eschatological response. Now, that's a mouthful, so let me just say it again. Every financial decision is a spiritual decision and an eschatological response. Eschatology is the theology of last things. And there have been times over the course of my ministry that I have lifted this story out of its context and taught uh, what we might call a stewardship sermon applied to time and talent and treasure outside the context of a discussion about the end of the age, but that's really unfair to the text. Jesus is telling this particular story and the one before it in the context of a discussion about the end of the age and his second coming. And and I think what he is suggesting here is that not only is every financial decision a spiritual decision, but it also has something to do with our readiness for the end times and whether or not we will be found faithful with the little thing, and that's what Jesus calls money, a little thing, will we be faithful with the little thing he has entrusted to us when he comes? Uh, Understanding it in that context and in that light uh, makes, at least for me, this this story all the more uh, powerful. Uh, To say it another way, does your financial life say anything about your readiness for his coming? And and that you see yourself as a steward who is to be found faithful with what the Father has entrusted to you, the entrustment of his property and his money. Um, That aside, there are three principles that I see emerging from this parable that I'd like to talk about this morning. Some of this is review for you. For some of you, this is going to change your world and your perspective on things. First principle is this, we are God's money managers. We, that is believers in Jesus Christ, we are his money and property managers. Go back to verse 1 where Jesus introduces this story and he says it this way. For it, that is the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey. Well, who's the man in the story? Well, in the context, it's Jesus. He's been talking about leaving and coming again. The kingdom of God is like a man going on a journey who called his servants, listen to this, and entrusted to them his property. A little bit later in the story, he he specifically says, my money, okay? This is a very tangible uh, trust that has been given to the servants. He goes on to say, to one he gave five talents, that is a large sum of money, to another two, a large sum of money but less than the five, and to another one, to each according to his ability, then he went away. 
Uh, This is one place among many in Scripture where we can go to find the principle that we are God's money managers. We are His property managers because of this. It all belongs to Him. That's the part that may rock some of your worlds. Because one of the most difficult transitions for many believers in Jesus is to move from an ownership mentality to a stewardship mentality. The ownership mentality says, get your paws off my stuff. You know, I work hard and uh, I make all I can, I can't all I get, I, I'm gonna sit on the lid and, and it's mine. It's mine, 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 mine. But for the believer in Jesus Christ, we, we, we wake up one day and we realize, no, Everything we have in life, yes, the time, the talents, the gifts and the abilities and all of that, and the money is on loan to us from God. And we're simply His managers, His stewards. Still ahead, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' Something Good Radio message, Faithful to the End. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage, and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. And while you're there, select the Library tab to find a host of great resources at our online store. Again, that web address is somethinggoodradio.org. The parable of the talents isn't all about money management. It's also about making an investment in the kingdom of God. Let's join Ron for the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Faithful to the End. Money is two things. It's a test and it's a trust. You say, well, I'm just trying to make ends meet so I can pay my bills. I get it. I get it. But in the larger picture, in the kingdom of God, this thing called this, this little thing Jesus calls money, and I know it's a big thing to us, But this little thing called money is a test, and it's a trust. He has entrusted us His wealth. And again, I could go to many, many places in Scripture. I'll just go one place, Psalm chapter 24 and verse 1 that lays down this principle. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That's just an all-encompassing and sweeping statement to say it all belongs to God. Uh, Even the mineral rights of the earth, I say. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 8, the Lord says, the silver and the gold is mine too, all right? He claims title deed to this earth. His wealth is unfathomable and unsearchable and, and inexhaustible, and you and I have been entrusted with a little bit of it. Even if you're a five talent person, it's just a little bit of, a little bit of money compared to God's wealth. Uh, there's an old saying that uh, there's a lot of money in this world that's tainted. Taint yours and it taint mine. <laughs> that's true. Taint none of it ours. That's the biblical worldview to see yourself not as an owner, uh, but as a steward. And to understand, therefore, that every financial decision is a spiritual decision, it's a kingdom decision. It's an eschatological response. God, you have entrusted this with me. Now, in light of the fact that you are coming again, Father, how do you want me to manage your resources so that we can maximize the impact of the gospel until you come? That's the question here. 
We are God's money manager. Second principle that emerges is this. God expects a return on his investment. <laughs> Look at it in verse 19. It says, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. That's a sobering thought. Again, it ought to make us think twice about every financial decision that we make. Are we making it in light of the spiritual realities that we just talked about? Are, are we making it in light of the second coming of Christ? I, I know you have your family to take care of, and so do I. I know you have bills to pay, and so do I. But have you so arranged your financial management so as to put kingdom things first as a matter of priority? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. All what things? Check it out in Matthew chapter 6. All those things we worry about, the clothes on our back, the food, all the things that we're just scurrying around, worrying about every day. He says, put me first. Have you put him first in your finances? As, as a response to this understanding, he's coming at any time. And when he comes, God expects a return on his investments. Now, does he expect a return like a Wall Street investor, you know, a financial return? No. Shift into kingdom thinking here. The return on the investment in the kingdom is a changed life. Somebody who comes to faith in Jesus Christ. How? Because of a direct investment that you made or I made in gospel initiatives, starting with the church. Uh, you know, people get all nervous when the preacher talks about money. And uh, we, we, we tense up and, oh, here we go again. By the way, I'm just, I'm just telling you what Jesus told in the flow of Matthew 24 and 25 here. I can't skip over this. But there's no reason to to get tense about it. Uh, the, the, the question is, is, are we being faithful with what God has given to us? And are we, are we managing that money in a way knowing that the day of accounting is coming? By the way, there's a day of judgment that awaits unbelievers. And we're going to get to that next week. Jesus finishes out this Olivet conversation with his disciples in Matthew chapter 25. In verses 31 to the end of the chapter, he talks about the final judgment. Strap onto your seats because it's a sobering part of the conversation here where he talks about at the end of the age, the final judgment and the separation of the sheep from the goats. It doesn't end well for the goats, all right? But we're not there yet. But there is a day of judgment that awaits unbelievers. There is a day of accounting for believers in Jesus Christ. And when he comes, if I could just stretch the analogy a little bit, heaven's accounting team is coming, and they're going to open up the books, your books and my books, and they're going to settle the accounts with us. Have you been faithful with what God has entrusted to you? Faithful to, as a matter of first priority, invest in the kinds of gospel initiatives that produce a return on the investment. Here in the language of the uh, parable, it's, you know, the guy who had five created five more. The guy who had two, two more. Okay? Lives that have changed. Will there be anybody in heaven that will come up to you and say, thank God that you gave generously? Because I was a life that was changed as a result of the outreach of that ministry. 
I mentioned earlier, today is the day, the 39th anniversary of Atlantic Shores Baptist Church. Most of us, if not all of us, there are some of you who were here at the very beginning, but most of us are here because of an investment, a financial investment that other people made to start this church. And your life was changed, perhaps through the ministry of this church, or you came to this church as a believer and you're growing in your faith because somebody else paid for that seat. Somebody else paid for these buildings. Somebody else at their time reached forward to what lies ahead. They made a gospel investment. And aren't you glad they did? Will there be anybody who comes up to you in heaven and says, I'm here because of a gospel investment that you made? Now, by the way, let me just go back to this notion of the talent, because I might have lost some of you at that time when I said a talent is a large sum of money. Some of you might have checked out right there and said, ah, this really doesn't apply to me. I'm not a wealthy person. Uh, let me beg to differ with you. Because a large sum of money can be at any given time. Maybe you have a lot of money in your bank account, and if God has blessed you with that, you know, hey, use it for kingdom purposes. But uh, maybe it's a large sum of money over a long period of time, passing through our hands over a lifetime. Here's the question of the story. What are you doing with that? You're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, Faithful to the End, is part of Ron's series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Look for it under the Library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and when Calvary where he shed his blood for you. And settles Step inside the empty tomb and, and see for yourself that your Savior yeah, is risen indeed. Have you done is the Holy Land on your with the bucket money list? that I've entrusted Experience Israel 2022. That has impacted Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Is traveling to the Holy Land on your bucket list? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones on a Something Good travel experience. Experience Israel by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Experience Greece by navigating Paul's missionary journeys. Tour the lands of the Bible, grow your faith, make new friends, and travel beyond belief. For more information about upcoming Something Good travel experiences, visit somethinggoodradio.org and click the travel button at the top of the homepage. Something Good Radio exists only through the faithful prayer and financial support from friends and listeners like you. When you give a gift today, Ron will say thank you by giving you the complete audio download of the series that you're hearing now, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Request this eight-message series today when you make a gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. 
He rewards the faithful, not the successful. Let's draw a distinction between the two. On earth, faithfulness is underrated, all right? We talk about success. Have you been successful? But not in the kingdom of heaven. You, you, you let the measure of success and the results up to God. Our job is to remain faithful day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, decade after decade, throughout our lifetime, to be faithful to the end. What is underrated on earth is highly rated in heaven because God is faithful, right? It's one of his characteristics. He is faithful when we are not faithful. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Faithful to the End. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.